Hey everyone, I am Tara Scott. With me as always is Chris Bryant. Welcome to Queerly Recommended. This is episode three and we are so glad to be back here with you. So we just want to pause before we get started. We just really want to thank everyone who subscribed and just an extra special thanks to people like Tegan Shepard and Lily Seabrook who reached out on Twitter. Let us know how much they liked our first full episode. (laughs) You know, we've really been overwhelmed and thrilled by the positive responses that we've had so far. And we would love to hear from you more. So if you want to reach out directly or if you have any questions that you'd be interested in Chris and I answering in a future episode, please, please send us an email at podcast at queerlyrecommended.com because we would love to answer listener questions live. Perfect. Now, uh, we are recording this on January 10th, so it's a week and a half before this is going to air. So you all are listening to this today, the day before the inauguration. And frankly, we have no idea what's going to happen in the days between today and the day that you're listening to this. We couldn't have anticipated what happened this week, or I mean, I suppose we kind of sort of anticipated something was going to happen, but we didn't know it was going to be a goddamn insurrection. Right. Um, Chris, how are you doing? Are you okay? I mean, this is your, this is your country. It's, I was really surprised. I I was, uh, it was my lunch hour when I started watching just the whole entire uh, confirmation. And then when things started to go south, you know, I I knew that there were protesters there and I, I kind of figured there would be some rioting, but not to this, not to this extreme. And I'm just, I'm floored that nobody thought to put more cops more any sort of protection uh at our capital for this very reason uh, you everybody kind of saw something like this coming we knew it was going to be bigger than what was anticipated because look at how much uh, how much police presence there was during all the black lives matter marches that we had and then you see a bunch of trumpers come marching down and nobody thinks to you know, to take them seriously. And, and of course, we all know, we all know how extremists can be. And it's just been, it's, it's, I don't even know how to describe it. It's, it's unbelievable, but yet it really isn't. And the fact that there are still people out there that support Trump floors me. I just had a, a, a not really a confrontation on uh, Facebook, you know, I try not to, to talk about it much, but on my, one of my sister's posts, she said something about this whole, how can anybody be a Trump supporter anymore? And somebody responded with, well, if it wasn't for Trump, we wouldn't have a vaccine for five years. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> no. So I actually, this is really interesting because I just had on my Patreon page, my personal one, I had a guest who is a microbiologist for infectious diseases on there explaining how the virus what the virus is, how the vaccine works, and how we are so far ahead that we were able to get the vaccine, you know, as quickly, quote, quote, quickly as we did. And so I had, I I reached out to her. I said, I need you to write me something so that I can post it. I can cut and paste it and post it to this person because she is not educated on what she's saying. And this is what, this is what happens. People start believing lies that are on all social media platforms. And we get into a situation like this because Nobody corrects people, and if they try to, you know, I try to do it so it's not an attack necessarily. I mean, there are some people I will reach out and attack, which is like our senator Josh Hawley here in Missouri. I can't stand him; I think he's horrible, and he's one of the ones that it, you know, was raw, raw Trump. You know, he did the the fist going into the uh, the Capitol building. So, 
So there's a lot going on, and I am not all right. I mean, I think that's fair. Yeah. I know even, um, I mean, I'm a Canadian, and I was not okay watching this week. I have so many friends. I mean, including you, I have so many friends. Um, And also family. Like, I do have family that lives in the States. I have uh, some cousins and an aunt that lives in California, and... I just worry. And I also found it baffling to go from, you know, in the morning on Twitter, it was all about, holy shit, Mitch McConnell is finally saying the right thing because of the speech he was making to like, not that anymore. Right. Like it just, it was like a switch flipped. And all I could think was, oh, this is the prologue to The Handmaid's Tale. Like that's (laughs) literally take the government out. That's what happened. That's what happened in that. I am glad that it sh- got shut down before they could do worse. It is a shame that anybody had to die, right. but I mean, the fact that they built a fucking gallows. Yeah, and nobody, like, had anybody else done that for anything else, it just, it, it wouldn't have happened. Even, you know, and Trump should have even said, hey, take it down, this is inappropriate. You know, there's one thing to, to protest something, but another thing, you know, he fucking loved it Mm -hmm. he he did he loved Mm -hmm. all of this everything about this he loved and he still loves it yeah and again it's just like what what is going to happen right in the next eight days no idea none anything is possible but i am hoping that people are going to stay safe right and that we are going to get to that inauguration and again like we were talking about last time that the grown-ups are going to be able to come back home. I know. And my, I think, you know, let's not do Let's do it virtually, you know, so everybody's safe. Do it from an undisclosed location. Have the inauguration happen. And then, so then that leaves the Trumpers, like, staring at one another, not knowing what to protest because they don't know where they need to be or, or you know, do more damage than they've done. I agree. At the risk of, a, of uh, jarring people with a rapid topic shift, we have some other news that is much better than any of what we just talked about. <laughs> you have a brand new baby book that's out. Do you want to tell people about it? I do. Um, my book Scent is out now. It is the fourth in my sensory series. It is about a, a woman. She's an artist, and she also is part owner of a packaging uh, company. And on her way home from work, actually on her way to her studio every week, she rides the uh, the train, and she's noticed that there is a woman who is on the train only on Thursdays. And this woman always smells really sweet, and uh, and she's very attractive. And so, of course, my the main character, Nico, she wants to get to know her, but doesn't really know how to approach her. You know, she's kind of nervous about the whole thing, and she's been burned by, you know, past relationships. She had a, a an ex-wife and an ex-girlfriend that basically destroyed her so her confidence is low she's slowly building it up her sister trish is helping her and so she decides okay starts off and she decides she's going to go on the train and she's going to go talk to this person and so she leaves work she gets on the train and she of course chickens out so later it turns out that this this woman she's a chocolatier so she needs new packaging for a new artwork for a, a new chocolate line an artisan chocolate line that she is uh she's designing and she's made and and so she goes to Nico's company and there they are there they are exactly so you kind of it's kind of a um Nico doesn't really share a lot about herself because she wants 
She wants Sophia to, to like her for herself because too many things have happened in the past. So she's going to woo and win Sophia over with her personality and not her money. And so that's the story. And I'm very excited about it. It's, um, like I said, it's the fourth in the series. Um, I have one more left. And, um, and who doesn't love chocolate? Who doesn't love the smell of chocolate or anything uh-huh. about it? The sugar and sweetness. Um, that is, that's the one thing we all love. If there's, you know, when you, what's the first thing you do when you get like a cake or, um, something out of the oven, it's just the smell. Everybody loves the smell of sweet, uh, whatever it is, whether it's cake, cupcakes, chocolate. I, I love the smell of it. Like I, I love, I'm an olfactory person smells really get to me the most and so i had a lot of fun writing this book and the research was for mom Mm. i know you just had to try all that chocolate i did and i really did (laughs) the book wouldn't have been the same without it it's what else are you gonna do (laughs) yeah it would have been a boring book without the without all the uh the intense research i did for it and i loved every minute of it so does this book come with a warning that people probably need to have snacks nearby I think uh, it should probably have, but I think the cover gives it away. I think you know immediately. <laughs> okay, I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to have some chocolate nearby to eat to read this. So, all right. Well, everybody, if uh, you've been swayed, it is available everywhere now. So go get it. Yeah, sent. Love it. Okay, so Tara, what are you reading? What are you watching right now? What's keeping your interest? How are you killing time? I. Wanted to give a quick update on The Murderbot Diaries by Martha Wells, because I talked about it last time, and I stayed up way too late last night finishing the novel. So now I have read everything that has been published, and I am dying for the next (laughs) novella, which is coming out in April. But why do I have to wait that long? (laughs) Side note, did you see the person who decided to get in a fucking fight with Nora Roberts on her own website about how long publishing yes! takes? Yes! <laughs> what an idiot. What a bad <laughs> choice. So I am not going to be <laughs> Deborah who makes bad choices and fights with Nora Roberts and just say, I understand how publishing works. I'm sorry, Martha Wells, if that sounded like I was being a brat. I just have enjoyed this series so much. And so any of you, if you enjoy sci-fi, go get it. Even if you don't typically read sci-fi, you might like it anyway, because what could be better than a robot that should be murdering people, but instead wants to watch 35,000 hours of TV and has to grapple with feeling feelings? There's nothing better. There's nothing better. There's nothing better. There have been times where I've been so floored by something that happened that I'm like immediately slacking Sarah, who runs Smart Bitches Trashy Books, one of the sites where I review, and I'm like, Sarah, I'm not okay right now. And she's like, I know you're not okay. And I know why you're not okay. So go, go do it. The thing that has been keeping me busy in any of my time that is not tied up either with my family or work and I actually started this over the holidays, is a game on the Nintendo Switch, and it is called Hades, and holy shit, is it amazing. So the concept is that you are playing as the son of Hades, so this is not one of those games where you can, like, set up your character and make them look however you like, or name them, or whatever. It's like, no, you are Zagreus, the son of Hades, you are trapped in the underworld, and you don't want to be there anymore. And so you are trying to escape to go back up to the surface of earth and you are going to die 
in this game. You are going to die many, many, many times <laughs> because that's actually the point. Um, because as you do each run, you are accruing different things that will make you stronger and will make you fight more effectively. And it's so good. The writing is excellent. You come across all of the different Greek gods and goddesses because they give Zagreus boons, which is basically like you get different abilities with each of them. And every run is different because there are six weapons to choose from and they can give you different... The boons that they give you will affect different weapons differently. You can get upgrades to your weapons. You can, like... uh, It's just... mm. See, I'm not even articulate. I'm just so excited. And there's a part of me that's like, but what if I was playing right now? And it's like, no, you dumbass. You're playing. You're recording a podcast. You can't play a video game at the same time. It's not possible. So I just, I can't recommend it enough. The other thing I wanted to talk about is a book that I started listening to today because my hold came in from the library and it is called Dolly Parton Song Teller, My Life in Lyrics. And so the idea is that it is it is a memoir, but it's from the perspective of the way she writes songs and the songs that she's writing. And so you hear a little bit about how she grew up in poverty mm-hmm. when she's talking about the song, The Coat of Many Colors, and the inspiration for that song and where it came from. And I would say for anybody who's interested in this book... If you can get both the audiobook and like the book book or ebook or however you want to do it, because the audiobook is phenomenal. And it actually just sounds like Dolly is talking. It doesn't sound like she's performing a book at all. But when I went to look on Amazon, I saw that if you get the book, then you also get all the photos that go with it, which you obviously cannot get right in the audiobook. Right. And who doesn't love Dolly? I mean, Dolly, she's saving the world right now. She, oh man. See, I always, I always admired her anyway, because Mm -hmm. she just does so much great philanthropic work. She does. She, all the, oh, all the books that, the millions and millions of books that she's given away to millions of kids to help with childhood literacy is incredible. She's also a phenomenal singer, Mm -hmm. but like. This is the year we found out that she's a literal superhero putting a million dollars towards COVID vaccine research. Like, how's that for somebody? And very quiet about it. Some of their wealth. Yes. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Very good. Mm -hmm. And when I was a child, when I was a kid, I remember, you know, everybody knew Dolly Parton because of her big boobs. I mean, let's just say, I mean, (laughs) truly, that's, that's. And hair. And hair. And hair. When I was. When I was six and a child of the 80s, when I was a little six-year-old in the 80s, <laughs> I would watch her variety show and I just thought she was the most beautiful person in the whole world with her amazing magical hair. And then I grew up and learned it was all wigs. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't know that. That's cute. No. I remember, like, me. Dolly Parton has always been a supporter of LGBT, uh, always mm-hmm. has been. She's the one that said, you know, I don't understand why we can't have, we can't allow gay marriage. Let, let the, the gay people be as miserable as the straight people. So she was, she's <laughs> always been, her quote was something like that. I don't know off the top of my head, but she's always mm-hmm. just, there's, she's just perfect. I mean, I am a Dolly Parton fan just for all that she's done 
especially, you know, the older I get, I appreciate it more. You know, I think, you know, with her getting older mm-hmm. too, and, and just the older you get, the more calm you become and you, and you get more involved in your communities, I think, and, and, and trying to support things. And she does, you're right. She does so many good things. And I just, I can't say enough uh, good things about her. The other thing that's kind of interesting listening to the book, and I'm, I'm probably only about a half an hour mm-hmm. in, is that she talks a lot about her spirituality because it is tied a lot to her writing process. She talks about being in the zone as being in this like God place and that so much of her inspiration, like she has these lines that she attributes to like God just giving them to her. And what I like is that for me, it's challenging the idea that you can't have a deep faith, but still be a supporter of queer people because my experience has generally told me the opposite. Mm-hmm. And so I am personally finding it kind of healing to hear her talk about her spirituality, but to also know that she is such a strong supporter of people like us and that she cares about us and that she's, you know, that vaccine wasn't just for the straight people <laughs> that she was giving the money <laughs> or anything like that. Right. Yeah. So she's, uh, yeah, with, when I was a kid, it was, we had our music on a lot. Like, I think I mentioned before, we had choices. We could either pick country, we could pick Elvis or Motown. And those, we didn't grow up with TV. Um, so it was music. So I know all the Elvis songs. I know all of Motown. And I know a lot of Dolly Parton and uh, Kenny Rogers. And of course, you know, their duet. And yeah. So, oh, yeah. For sure. So, Chris, what are you reading or watching right now? What has been helping distract you from the world? So, I finished, um, I got into Bridgerton and finished it like in a day. It was one of those where it's just, I turned it on and see, and I love the bodice ripper type books. That's what I read in college. We've talked about that before. Uh And that's kind of what Bridgerton is. You know, you have your dukes and your duchesses and your lords and it's it's actually kind of it just it's like my books that i read are coming to life on the screen so but the cool <laughs> uh-huh. thing so the storyline is great i mean i like the storyline but what i really like is that they took contemporary music and played it classically if that's even a thing so uh-huh. you hear a song and you think oh it's just music you know you're just you're watching they they go to all these balls and so you hear a song you're like oh that's really cool and then it, all of a sudden, you're starting to sing this song, and you're like, "Why do I know this song?" And it's like, <laughs> "What?" And it's like, you know, girls like you, Maroon Five, or you're you're singing Billie Eilish, or you know, it's just it's great. I love it. So that was kind of a fun little thing that they threw in, a little morsel that was that was very entertaining. So I, I watched Bridgerton, like I said, one day, and right now I am empty. I have seen it all. I have watched everything. I have use some of my friends recommendations of things to watch and they're horrible and they are no longer my friends because <laughs> yeah what Chris has no friends anymore right we're not <laughs> friends anymore don't tell me to watch this is horrible so i'm so desperate i like scream into my um my remote you know zombie movies apocalyptic movies because uh, that's what i like to watch or action movies and mm-hmm. i've seen like everything you know and we're unfortunately we're like a year and a half or so behind because nothing's really been made. Only a few things have been made in, in 2020. So uh, I've seen it all. I've caught, I'm caught up on everything. And so I'm reading now. Uh-huh. And what are you reading? 
I started um, Spindrift, Diana Burke. I started that, the Seal Cove series. I started, I think that's the first one. And I'm it reading is, that. Yeah, it's great. It is. It is. I love it. And I loved that there are, of course, dogs in it. Of course. I mean, Anna Burke's going to have dogs. So many good dogs yes. in that book. Yes. So I... And great dog names. Right. Kraken. I love it. I love the whole thing. So Release good. the Kraken, which is great. Yes. You know, <laughs> we all need uh-huh. that. So I'm reading that now. And also I'm watching the playoffs, football playoffs. So that's what's been keeping me entertained for the last... Mm-hmm. Week. So I guess football is still a, a thing in this COVID world. You believe I don't it or not, do sports. I know, I know. But you know, here's the deal. It's so funny because I was just talking about this earlier today. When my hometown, when Kansas City does well at sports, I'm in, and mm-hmm. I like, I love watching all the playoffs because I want to know who we're going to play. And same thing with mm-hmm. baseball. I want to watch the playoffs and who we're going to play. But if my team is out, then I really don't care about it. But, and I'm, like I said, I'm desperate to watch anything and I get so bored with some of the recommendations I've received. So football's on, it's mindless. I can like lean over and watch it. Oh yeah, cool. And then I can do whatever I need to do. So it's, it's kind of, Uh it's just, it's just kind of how it is here in the Midwest. Do you rewatch shows at all? I do. I I do. If it's been a while, like I can't Mm -hmm. just. Sometimes I'll watch a show and I'll be like, I really like that. I'll watch it again. But most of the time, I, I need a gap, period. Because mm-hmm. I, I have the TV on all the time. I'm constantly watching things that it, if it's on again and my mind remembers it clearly, then I get bored with it. Oh, okay. So. Yeah. See, I had a ritual when I was in grad school where every time I was going to clean my apartment, and it wasn't a very big apartment, but. I was lazy, so it took a while because <laughs> I left too long in between. Uh, and so I would put on the BBC miniseries for Pride and Prejudice, mm-hmm. the you know the Colin Firth, Jennifer Ely. Mm-hmm. The, for me, it's the best Pride and Prejudice. And so I would like have it on so I could listen while I was cleaning, and then I would come sit and down sit exactly, exactly. And then I'd go clean again, and then come back and sit down again. Right. <laughs> like for sure, I will rewatch movies for that reason. Like all the good parts, I'll rewatch yeah. them. So tell us, what is your big recommendation this week? Okay, so I had a recommendation in mind, and then everything went fucking sideways. And so I'm going to postpone that recommendation uh, for a future episode, but get ready. This is me teasing you all that in a future episode, I'm going to talk to you about the best book that I read in all of 2020. And I am reading it now as well, and I've kept it quiet. Hooray! It actually might be the best book I've read in the last decade. Wow. Yeah, that's not even an exaggeration. Like, mm-hmm. I literally mean it. I think I think it is. So, yeah, you're all just going to have to wait a couple more weeks to hear what that is. <laughs> sorry, not sorry. Uh, hope you come back. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, just like, given what's going on in the world, I think this week I want to bring a recommendation for a comfort read. If for any reason you haven't listened to the last episode, I would say please go back, listen to the last episode that we did, because I also have a fantastic comfort read for you there, which is Who We Could Be by Chelsea M. Cameron, which was a book that I read last year and adored. But this week, I am going to share my absolute ultimate comfort read, one of my favorite books in the whole wide world, and it is called Who's Your Daddy by Anne McMahon and Salem West. And who doesn't love a book that starts uh, off with a pun in its title? <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Me, depending on what it is. I don't like most puns, but I liked this one. 
And the reason it's a pun is that it takes place in small town Indiana, which is Hoosier country, as far as I understand, as a Canadian who hasn't been there before. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. As a sports person, I appreciate that, so. Oh, good. Hooray. (laughs) There's a whole other level there that I just don't understand, but that's okay. Basketball. Okay, go ahead. So the idea of this story is that it is told in the first person from the perspective of Jill Fryman, who goes by the name Friday. Everybody calls her Friday. She's been working at Krylon Motors for 12 years. She's a line supervisor. She has no real authority. Uh, Most of the people that have authority in the factory, of course, are men who don't know nearly as much as her. Much to her frustration and chagrin. Um, She's been working on her MBA, but doesn't really feel like there's much point. Why finish it? What is she going to do with it? And she goes and hangs out with her work pals at the end of the day at their local bar of choice, which is called Who's Your Daddy? Now, Krylon the factory has just been bought by a Japanese company. And so there's going to be a change of management happening. And this leads to some UAW or United Automobile Workers, uh, the union, some of their agitators showing up in town because they're hoping to get enough of the workforce to get their signatures over so that they can trigger a vote to unionize the plant. And where it gets interesting is that one of the agitators is Elle, who is this beautiful, smart, funny, charming woman. They have instant chemistry. They don't really fight it. They're really (laughs) interested in each other. And although they should technically be enemies because, you know, one of them is in management at the factory and the other one is a union agitator, they just can't help themselves. And it's an adorable romance. There are so many things that I love about this book. And I have talked about it as often as I can and to as many people as I can because I just think it's one of those books that everyone should read because it has so much heart and it has so much humor. And for me, it's a book that spoke directly to my heart too because I identified so much with Friday. I grew up pretty much right across from the Detroit border in Windsor, Ontario. And Windsor is the auto manufacturing capital of Canada. Obviously, it's taken a bit of a beating in the last couple of decades. But when I grew up, you know, everybody either were working Mm -hmm. for Ford, Chrysler, or GM. And if they weren't working for there, they were like my dad, working for other factories that were building the parts that Ford, Chrysler, or GM (laughs) were taking. And I got a master's. And I lived in the county, which sounded pretty similar to kind of the county area in this book as well, where, you know, like I come from a farming family and I didn't feel like it felt, I never felt like I totally fit in there, which was only as an adult. And I moved away and realized I was queer. I was like, oh, that, there it is. <laughs> That's the thing. There it is. And so for me, it was so incredible to see Jill go on this journey of reckoning with like who she is and her value and that she is a person who deserves respect and love and authority. Mm. And it's just lovely. And there's other, like the characters are so quirky, but it's never the way it's done. It never feels like the book is punching down at them. It never feels like it's making fun of them. It's all with love, which was a really, also really big thing for me. But there were times like, I remember I I read it on my Kindle. 
I, I've read this book so many times and I've listened to it a few times. And so the first time I read it, I laughed so hard. I was crying <laughs> and I couldn't see anymore. And then I listened to it the first time and it did it again. I was like, there was this one time I was cooking while I was listening to it. And I was laughing so hard and I had to put the knife down so that I wouldn't <laughs> like stab myself or cut my finger off. <laughs> and I, oh, I think that was because of the, there's a joke about Warren Jeffs in there, which you kind of have to know who he is, but he's that like Mormon leader from Utah mm -hmm. who married too many 16 year olds <laughs> or something like that. And it just, Jeffs kiss. So good. And they all, you know, they're funny in real life, too. They're just hilarious to be around, Anne and Salem. Yes. And I think, too, like, as funny as this book is, like, again, like I said, it doesn't punch down. And there's so much heart. And it's so thoughtful. Like, it's such a thoughtful, gentle, loving representation good. of small town life. And there's really, there's no angst to be had in there. The only thing that if anybody is looking for any kind of content warnings is that there is sexual harassment at work. There's a part of me, you know, as a woman in my 40s, it's like, and what workplace right. does I was just going to say that. Yeah, I was just going to say that. Same thing. I mean, especially, you know, in the 80s and 90s, it was horrible. You know, it's improved, but it, mm -hmm. I think we've all been through it. Yeah, it's unfortunate. I do which doesn't make it it doesn't right. make it okay, but I also I wouldn't even say that it was particularly egregious in this book. So, this is a book that I feel very safe recommending as do you want to just hide away from the world mm -hmm. in a book that's full of love and laugh and relax? It's it's the absolute perfect choice. Great. So, Chris, what is your big queer recommendation for the week? For this week, and I probably should have used it for the first episode, but um, I wanted to kind of review everything about it. But my recommendation is Winona Earp. So I'm going to read you the synopsis about uh, this wonderful show and all the reasons why I love it. Winona Earp has been away from her home, hometown purgatory for years, but returns to reluctantly take on a role that Wyatt Earp's heir is destined for, Demon Protector. Her task is to take out Revenants, the resurrected souls of the criminals who were taken down at one time by her great-grandfather. Winona teams up with her sister Waverly, Agent Xavier Dolls, and Doc Holliday. And so this is the reason why I like, okay, first of all, full disclosure, uh, it took me three tries to get into this show. Three times it took me. Mm -hmm. I think because it was recommended to me and I wasn't, I didn't know what it was about. It was one of those where it's like, eh, I'll give it a try. And I just couldn't get into it. Mm -hmm. My my friend, uh, KB Draper, told me to get to, to watch it. And I I just, I really, I couldn't get into it the first couple of times I tried it. And also, mm -hmm. side note, KB Draper also told me to watch Xena. Uh, and I couldn't even get into that show. So fight me <laughs> on that. But I'm probably one of the few people that really didn't get into the whole Xena thing. Oh, I never did either. Okay, so good. I have I have an ally here. Yeah, you you are not alone. I love Lucy Lawless, but I right. uh, ended up being more of a fan of hers from Battlestar Galactica mm -hmm. and also seeing her fight people like Kevin Sorbo on Twitter. Yes, that's fantastic. <laughs> I actually responded to that, but... um. 
but it, and even so i didn't even know about um xena when it was on you know in the 90s i think i didn't even know about it so to go back and watch it after we have so much queer representation in movies and other shows to go back and watch xena it just it just doesn't work for me I just anyway, so so that didn't work. No, because you have to settle. You you would have to settle for subtext, right? Exactly. Instead of like now, there's actual like no, it's text now yeah. and all these other things. Right. You actually see the kiss. You see the making out. You see the sex and the love making and and love and and the relationship build. And so that's what I'm in. For, you know, I'm into it now for for those kind of things, not things that uh-huh. you have to like you said. You kind of have to read between the lines to to get. So um, I love this show because I love Winona Earp because it is a series that has positive out and proud queer couple and they don't die. It's one of those where no. like every season, you know, their, their relationship improves and it, and it evolves and it's just, it's beautiful to see uh, Winona's younger sister, Waverly and the town sheriff, Nicole Hot, they are, they, they're recognized as way hot which is perfect, you know. <laughs> They're two names Cute. together. You gotta love it. They're happy and sexy throughout the seasons, and there's no doom and gloom. You know, they get separated a few times, but not by choice. It's just part of the storyline. How many seasons are there now? Four. Cool. So, uh, and there's a big fight. I mean, the fans. So there's this whole thing called Erpers. Hashtag mm-hmm. Erpers. And I consider mm-hmm. myself an Erper. And uh, it's a family experience. And there are so many people out there who love this show and promote it and always talk about it. And uh, I've never experienced it before. It's almost like a Trekkie convention. You know, you get all these people who dress up and and it's almost like Star Trek, except it's just, it's, it's Harper. Like the Firefly, like the Firefly. Let's try that one more time. Like the Firefly (laughs) fans calling themselves brown coats. Right. Although one point of clarification, it is not a family show. This is not a show. For kids. I've seen only the first season, and to be honest, there is no reason why I didn't continue mm-hmm. with it, other than sometimes I just don't keep watching things. Right. I, I, I fall to that, too. Right? Like, I really enjoyed the first season. I thought it was awesome. The violence was a little too much for mm-hmm. me, because I'm a big baby. <laughs> but I really liked it, and the kind of, the other thing that I personally liked is that it's filmed not too far from where I live. Nice. There are scenes, actually, there like, there are little bits that are filmed right in Calgary. I'm like, oh, I know exactly the spot in Calgary where they filmed it. And fun fact, our former day home provider uh, is a murder victim in one of the episodes. Ooh, that's fantastic. Nice. Mm-hmm. She didn't live in the episode, but she sure kept our kid alive when she was little. <laughs> and that's important. Uh, so being an herber, it's, it's nice. I've been to a few. Well, first of all, I'll start off with Clexicon. When I was in Clexicon, I attended a lot of the panels where they had Winona Earp panels. And so then all the Erpers show up and they ask questions and they interact. And also you can join. They have like a get togethers. Uh, they have like dinner. Oh, like meet and greets? Yeah, like meet and greets. And there's like, you can have like happy hour with them. And the thing I love about the whole entire staff and cast is that they take the time to talk to their fans. Like there is so much togetherness with this whole thing that I love it so much for that reason. That it's like I said, it's a family. You know, I, I, I found a family with my publishing company and all the writers there. And then you have this, I have this extra, extra family where uh, it kind of bleeds. A lot of a lot of herbers mm-hmm. are LGBT, and so my two worlds kind of intersect at certain points, and I love that. I love that that uh, that they um, 
they're, they, that they come together. So some of my writers and readers are fans of, of the show and I, I meet them. Oh, and so fun. it's kind of nice. I like that a lot. Related question. Yes. Am I remembering correctly reading online that the the two actors who play like that are the way hot mm-hmm. character uh, couple um am i remembering correctly that they both also discovered and recognized their queerness from playing these characters i think so yes or at least they a- outwardly came out and said it during the show you know during the the mm-hmm. filming of the show but and you know they're just I love everything about about the cast and and these characters. I like the characters. I love the actual actresses. One time, I was at a uh, an herb convention, and I can't remember what it was called, but it was one in St. Louis. And so we were all standing, kind of. You had to like snake around this velvet rope type thing, you know, and you're all in line for something. And there's this trash can like five feet from us, and we're just standing there yeah. and we're talking about. And all of a sudden, like the character who plays Waverly pops out of the trash can. <laughs> she's like she's in there listening and i'm sure she's giggling and she just popped up just to surprise everybody and just kind of waved and, and then went back to behind the curtain for the next event i mean it's great it's playful and wonderful and uh like i said the queer representation is great it's positive which is what we need and it, it's interesting because i went back and I, I revisited season one because I was like, okay, why did I struggle so much the first time with season one? And I think that the actors were just trying to get comfortable with who their characters are. I mean, Melanie mm-hmm. Strathano, who plays Winona, she is very, very snarky. And at the beginning, it's a little rusty. I think she was trying to yeah. figure out who that character really is because now, like hands down, there's so much chemistry going on in this show. From like everything, I mean, you see, you see how they they start melding together as a family on on the screen, and I love that. I love that that you see that, you feel that. I, I need chemistry. If I watch something, I need the chemistry to be there um, for all the characters, not just love interest characters, but the actual, you know, the sisters we love, and then you have like the friends, and then and then you have like the boyfriends, the girlfriends. You just need to have that chemistry. And it, it took a little bit, but I think now it's a fantastic. It's it's perfect. Like it is a perfect show. And the fans made the the season happen. Like there was so much involvement. The fans, you know, writing to everybody, and and they did billboards in in uh, Times Square to get this show. Yeah, because it was supposed to be canceled. Right. It right? was supposed to be canceled, and because there the fandom is just so all these erpers. They're just so dedicated to the show. They want more that they, they made it happen. It's, it's so great. It's, it's, it's a great show. So if you can pick it up again, if you find the time, then, mm-hmm. um, you know, and, 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 and know that it is a, a paranormal series. You know, you're going to get some mm-hmm. uh, strangeness. And, and you have to, like, the, the whole disbelief, you know, suspension of disbelief. Um, you have to believe in the completely unbelievable with this. And just have fun with it. Because that's what it is. It's just fun. Yeah. I am going to come back to it at some point yeah. because I, I did enjoy it and I enjoyed the characters and you're right. The chemistry gets really good mm-hmm. and it's just, I don't know. It's worthwhile. I just have to finish Shit's Creek first. <laughs> it's still on Shit's Creek, huh? <laughs> oh, I take so long to watch things because I read one to two books a week right. and I also started playing Hades and <laughs> each run through like i i have to finish a run through before i put down the switch and that takes about 45 minutes each time and i work 
And I have these kids. And you have kids. Yeah. Love me and want to hang out with me, which is pretty, it's actually pretty amazing. I'm saying it like it's not cool, but it's it's actually pretty cool. It is. Yeah. No, we're we're in that age where they still think I'm awesome. So unfortunately, Winona has to wait. But I know that it will wait because I will come back to it. Right. You know, and, and it's great because even the writer, Emily Andrus, she's... She's so involved, especially on Twitter. You know, she's really involved with the fandom and also with uh, politics down here. (laughs) So it's interesting to get her take on things. Um, And I just, I I do, I love, I love it when a show, you know, from ground level, you start with the show at the very beginning and you grow with it and it just becomes a family and, and all these conventions that go on. Uh, whether it's specific to the show or Quexicon or any sort of Comic-Con. I went to a Comic-Con and they had um, some characters from Lost Girl, oh, which yeah. is probably something I'll talk about in future episodes because Lost Girl is, is a really good series to watch as well. Mm-hmm. Well, that is all for this episode. Thank you so much for joining us again. If you have enjoyed the show, please subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. And if you can leave a review, we will give you the highest of fives, you know, like in our hearts because we're not in your house, but we'll want to do it. We'll do a virtual one, Um, maybe a virtual hug. Right? Mm -hmm. If you want to connect with us on your favorite social media sites, you can just search for Queerly Recommended. We are on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook, and we will respond. We promise. And like I mentioned at the beginning of the show, if you want to send us a question or just a note, you can email us at podcast at queerlyrecommended.com. That's all for today. Goodbye, everybody. But I, I love I love the fact that you know I almost start at the ground level with this with this show. Oh yeah, and just the have you? She's in Letterkenny. Have you seen that? Uh no, I haven't. She's not as good in Letterkenny, unfortunately, which I don't think is her fault. I think is how they wrote her character. Mm-hmm. But I mean, if you're looking for something else to watch, it's a comedy. It takes place in like rural probably i think it's supposed to be ontario like it's in canada mm-hmm. and it's so clever there's so much wordplay it has a lot of heart the characters are hilarious it's super sex positive it's queer positive nice. it's great go do it i hope you like it so that we can still be friends <laughs>